It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. What do NFL teams actually look for at the Senior Bowl? And could this year's Puka Nakua or Tank Dell be there? Also, what's going on with the Heat? And will Miles Garrett or TJ Watt win Defensive Player of the Year? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if you win that first $5 bet or more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The NFL season, not quite over. Of course, that Super Bowl thing is happening this Sunday, but draft season for the other 30 teams already in full effect. I assume Kansas City and San Francisco had some people down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl as well. Keith Sanchez from Locked On NFL Draft was down in Mobile for us. He joins me now to talk about the beginning in earnest of draft season. Keith, as we look at a week like this, what do you think teams are actually trying to find out this week because they've seen you know three seasons of tape on most of these guys yeah no definitely i think for the smaller school teams or the smaller school prospects is definitely level of competition um and then in general right even the, the big school prospects it's ability to adapt ability to be coachable um and you're paying attention and that's what i do as a scholar it kind of reminds me of my time at lsu right like you're paying attention to the details of the player right like what is their football character and i think that's the biggest thing because you actually you know we had the opportunity to be on the sideline so we were right there peter being able to hear these coaches um in their live interactions especially in the one-on-ones right whether that's the wide receiver dbs or that's the offensive line versus d-line right after a rep is over they go right to the the player right and they're coaching them up on how to do certain things and then you get to see how like i said how the player reacts to them and you see some of them react in a positive way some of them react in a ah you kind of have to handle that a little bit better <laughs> so the the one position where teams love the in-person part of it is quarterback because it's yep. the soft skills. It's not just what, how do they look like throwing the ball? It's how do they interact with their teammates? But there is just something special about seeing a quarterback throw live. Was there a quarterback where you go, okay, this was a really helpful week to see them do X, Y, and Z because they're going to need to do that at the next level. Yeah, so uh, the the two quarterbacks with the strongest arms, right? That would be Tennessee's quarterback, Joe Milton, who was out Mm -hmm. there, who participated all three days, and then Washington's quarterback, Michael Penix, right? And and the thing that you was able to take with two, I'll start with Joe real quick. Joe, obviously the arm is very live. like It it is as advertised, right, when when you watch it in person but you also take away from the perspective of like hey there are going to be some coaching points with him right when it comes down to accuracy and the details you know of the game and ball placement and things like that uh but moving to Michael Penix, right? Watching Michael Penix for the first time, I seen him under center. And Michael Penix's evaluation, Peter, I don't know if you remember the national championship game, right? It was pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. And pressure affected a lot of his throwing mechanics, right? And also his ability to uh, process the field, right? And so what happened was you seen him under center for the very first time and in movement situations, right? Whether that was bootlegs, rollouts, sprint outs, things like that. And he actually looked comfortable on the run. So for me, it kind of unlocked a little bit until like maybe 
if it's structured right to where he's on the move, it, it does really well from him. And then it also opens him up to, and I'm pretty sure what you are familiar with this, which is locked on Green Bay Packers, right? Is yeah. the Sean, the, the Shanahan, the Mike, the, the uh, McVay offenses, right? All of those different types of situations to where before the senior bowl and you never seen him under center, you might not be that comfortable with drafting him and saying, hey, we can put him under center. Who are one or two names you saw this week, maybe flying a little bit under the radar, but but you go, okay, that guy could really pop next year in the right situation at receiver. Yep. I think first I have to start with Georgia's wide receiver, Lad McConkey. And over there on Locked On NFL Draft, we reviewed him and we was trying to tell everybody like, hey, this is a baller, right? Georgia actually has a baller at the wide receiver position. And from day one, from snap one, he 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 took all of his skills and in, in, in all his skills and traits, and it translated to the senior bowl, man. And this guy people couldn't cover him. So you're talking about a slot wide receiver that people can't cover, but I think you can also move him outside because I was able to, I walked past him right when we had the media sessions and he's not a small guy. He, he's 5'11", six foot. He can handle it well, but his IQ is through the roof. And that's what you notice with guys like Puka Nakua, right? That they had the IQ and the natural instincts for playing the wide receiver position. So if he goes to the right situation where I don't, it doesn't even have to be high volume, right? But a, a good situation where he can play in a slot. I think this is a guy that you can pencil him in for 60, 70 catches um, as a rookie because I, I see no reason to where there's a huge learning curve ahead for him in the NFL. Anyone, as we finish up here, that just stood out to you, good or bad, where you're just like, oh, wow, that's interesting. It, it has to be Oklahoma's offensive tackle, Tyler Guyton. And I'm Peter, and I'm going to make this have this conversation with you, right? Is that I think he thrust himself into that top 15 situation. I think a lot of teams wow. are going to be comfortable. Uh, you talk about six, seven. He was every bit of six, seven, but every bit of nimble. And I'll tell you this when I watched the film, I thought that this was a guy that upper body kind of somewhat had to be developed but when you see him in person he's a well-proportioned athlete so when we you know we talk about the athletic freaks right we like talk, having that conversation I, I think there are going to be some comparisons with him in the old Lufashano right and then he's probably just as tall as a Joe out so he maybe he doesn't supersede them as offensive tackle one offensive tackle two off of the board but offensive tackle three can go fairly high and I think he kind of placed himself in that conversation and when I talk about the football character he was one guy I was definitely paying attention to because he hasn't been playing tackle for very long appeared to be a very coachable young man Stay in the know about all the top draft prospects by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On NFL Draft on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, should we be worried about the Miami Heat or is this just like every other season? Before we answer that, the NFC won yet another Pro Bowl. Yeah, they still win those things. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Mozzarella sticks, wings. It's my favorite football snacks. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a dub or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for who's going to score, who's going to score first, who's going to score last, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? New customers join today, and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more hits. One Super Bowl prop bet that almost seems like free money, Travis Kelsey, FanDuel has odds on him getting 25 receiving yards in each half at plus 110. Plus odds on that? I love it. 
Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join in on the Super Bowl fun. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On has launched its first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The reigning NBA MVP and current MVP frontrunner likely won't get the chance to defend his title. Joel Embiid will undergo a procedure to address a left meniscus injury, and the Sixers are not ruling out a return this season. Not exactly a promising sign. The Sixers said a timeline will be more clear after the procedure. I think that, you know, he has to get healthy. You know, you can't be cons- Are they a top three team when he's, when he's healthy? Yes. Um, he's healthy 60% of the season. So you, you got to get him healthy as po- as healthy as possible. And it's becoming cliche, but you got to arrive at the playoffs. Seedings almost be damned. I mean, you, you know, just, you can't just stumble down the standings. Um, but you have to get the guy healthy. You have to get him as close to healthy as can. Uh, quite honestly, I, I was thinking that they should have shut him down early in this world trip. That was my belief. Bradley Beal returned to D.C. and went off as the Suns trounced the Wizards. 43 points for Beal, 16 of 21 from the field, 6 assists. It's easy to say, this is the type of game Beal has to have for the Suns to hit their ceiling. And, duh, right? Obviously, you could say that about any of the big three on any given night. What I will say about this game that was especially impressive as we look at what it means, right? Not just, okay, great. Yeah, he was in his bag, right? Pull-up mid-range jumper after pull-up mid-range jumper, getting to the basket, hitting threes, all of it. And that's great. But it's not just how you want him to play because he played well. It's the mentality. And of course, it helps that it happened on his return to Washington. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. How, how could it be, right? Frank Vogel post-game or when Beal checked out for the final time, giving him, you know, a long embrace and telling the courtside fans to give him an applause. I thought that was kind of funny. So, of course, this one mattered more. And it probably is why he came out hot. But the style he played with is is what the Suns are going to need, even if the points aren't, aren't always there, right? And speaking of returns, Cliff Kingsbury is returning to the NFL. The Washington Commanders are hiring Kingsbury to run their offense. Kingsbury was close to joining the Las Vegas Raiders with Antonio Pierce now in charge in Vegas. But contract talks broke down 
On Saturday, Kingsbury coached the Arizona Cardinals for four seasons until he was fired after the 2022 campaign. He spent the past fall as USC's quarterbacks coach and senior offensive analyst. He worked closely with the potential number one overall pick, Caleb Williams. The Commanders have the second overall pick. Is there some wheeling and dealing in our future here with the NFL Draft? The NFC has won back-to-back Pro Bowls after a fourth-and-goal stop assured victory late in the fourth quarter. I know you were dying to know who won. The NFC beat the AFC 64-59. Yes, 64-59, and it was assured after Jalen Johnson deflected an attempted pass from C.J. Stroud to Keenan Allen with just a few seconds left. This is just the eighth time the NFC has won the Pro Bowl since the turn of the century. And on the college hardwood, the Badgers came up short at home against Purdue as Zach Eady set a Boilermakers record with his 55th career double-double. Look, I know that we're playing Zach Eady. I know they're going to out-rebound us. I'm not suggesting they can't out-rebound us, but they don't need to have it be, I think it was like 42 to 20-something. I don't know. something. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, I mean, there were times where I felt like the team wasn't going after the boards. It was, there was one time where I saw Storr just hanging out, watching the ball come to him, and an offensive, it was an offensive rebound for Purdue. Like, those types of things can't happen. And, and the other one I just have to say is I just want Chucky Hepburn to shoot the ball some. I mean, multiple times he's he's really good. Obviously, he's a great ball handler. He's moving into space. He has an opportunity for a floater or a quick step jumper, but he doesn't do it. And he's almost afraid to take the shot. And you can see when he shoots, there's no confidence there. And I, we need Chucky Hepburn. I'm not saying he needs to score 15 points a game, but Chucky Hepburn needs to score. Here is another story you need to know. The Miami Heat after a surprise finals run, have now lost eight of their last 10. They sit eighth in the Eastern Conference standings after a loss 103-95 on Sunday to the LA Clippers. But this is what they do, right? This is what they did last year. They made the finals from the play-in. Wes Goldberg from Locked on Heat joins me now. Wes, it, it does feel a little different this year, though I guess you probably would have felt the same way a year ago at this time. So, what is, what is going on with this team right now, especially after the acquisition of Terry Rozier, which has just not led to the bounce that I think a lot of us thought it would? Yeah, specific to the Terry Rozier part, I mean, he just has not been shooting well since uh, getting traded to the Heat. I'm not that worried about the Rozier part of this. He's he's running pick and roll with Bam Adebayo really well. I think that there's some things that you could point to that uh, are better than what Kyle Lowry was providing at that spot before. His point of attack defense has been better than what Lowry was providing at at Lowry's advanced stage at this point too. But the big thing was uh, part of the eight of the 10 losses that you just mentioned was a seven game losing streak. Hmm. And during that seven game losing streak, this team had a really hard time figuring out a couple of different things, but mainly the pecking order on offense when they weren't getting a ton from Jimmy Butler. And then defensively, they just weren't the heat team that we had been accustomed to seeing. This team is always going to be about average offensively at best, but defensively they need to be elite. And if they're not elite defensively, then they're just not very good at anything. And uh, the team had a very intense team meeting and film session uh, earlier or, or last week. And then they went and won two straight games. And then, of course, they lost this one to the Clippers on Sunday night. But I actually thought they played well enough to win that game against the Clippers. The difference is that the Clippers shot 41%. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league for a reason. And Miami missed 21 of their 29 threes. But I actually think now, after that team meeting, they cleaned some things up defensively. I thought they defended the Clippers really well. They've been playing better defense over these last three games. And I think we might be starting to see a turn, not just defensively, but offensively, going back to the pecking order thing. They needed more from Jimmy Butler. 
Jimmy Butler has given them a lot more uh, during this recent stretch. They just need him to shoot more. They need him to be their star player. And he just, quite frankly, wasn't playing like a star player for a long, for, for basically most of January. Tonight, he led the team in shot attempts, which I think is a key stat when you're watching Miami. He had 18 shot attempts in this game, went to the free throw line three times. Um, they just need that version of Jimmy, and they need an elite defense, and that's going to be the formula. And hopefully they just make their threes. That's what powered their playoff run that you mentioned yeah. last year. Um, and when they make those threes, they're hard to beat. What is, do you think, reasonable for them and and attainable for them in terms of like trying to move up the seating if they continue to get Jimmy Butler play, who, by the way, was just not playing for a, a large chunk of the beginning of the season? Great point. No, I mean, right now, they're a half game back of uh, the six seed Orlando Magic, who they actually play this week. So that's a really big game for Miami. They need to get out of that play-in tournament. That's not a formula for success. You don't want to end. They were a quarter away against the Chicago Bulls from not even making the eighth seed last year um, and not getting a chance to make that impressive finals run. So, look, I know a lot of people have said the Heat don't care about the regular season. They prove that the regular season doesn't matter. They care about the regular season. They don't want to be in the play-in tournament. This is not the plan. The plan <laughs> is to win a bunch of games in the regular season and then win a bunch of games in the playoffs. The thing with Miami is that their best player, Jimmy Butler, has not been a regular season superstar. He is a postseason superstar. It's such a strange team in that way yeah. where – they're going to basically coach and heat culture their way to 40 plus wins and back themselves into the, into the playoffs. And then at that point, nobody really wants to play them. That said, the East is harder than it was last year. Boston's better. Milwaukee, I think is better despite some of the things that, that people have concerns about. I think, I just think Damon Giannis, that's a better team. Cleveland's better. The Knicks look awesome. We'll see what happens with the Philadelphia 76ers, but when they have Joel Embiid healthy, they are better. The, 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 the whole conference is just deeper. It's not going to be, you can't just rely on repeating last year's performance. The Heat need to get better. They need to get one of the top six seeds in the East, have a bracket, maybe break in their favor so that they can win a couple of rounds here. But yeah, just expecting them to just turn it on, flip the switch in the playoffs and make the finals again. I don't think it's fair to just expect that to happen automatically. It's going to be a tough, a tough sledding going forward. Stay up to date all here on the Miami Heat by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, is the Defensive Player of the Year between two pass rushers from the AFC North? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. TJ Watt is a game wrecker. So is Miles Garrett. Which one deserves Defensive Player of the Year more? Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson detailed why they believe the argument is between these two guys on a recent Peacock and Williamson. Uh, my my vote is for Miles Garrett. Okay, he was actually I, I believe he was my preseason pick as well. For, he was my preseason pick, and I actually have some money on it. To be honest with you, okay, so. good. Well, there you go. So <laughs> it would pay side. off nicely. And did did that last for you throughout the season, Matt? For Miles Garrett, I think Watt has a better case, and we oh. talk about this a lot on a lot on the Steelers show because he's a Steeler and he's their best player. The stats honestly aren't even close. I mean, in terms of sack, he led the league in sacks again. He takes the ball away more. I'm not killing Miles Garrett, but 
Miles Garrett had one sack in the last six games. I came into this conversation armed with all of these advanced stats and and pass rush win rate and double team rate and all the advanced metrics. And the funny thing about all those advanced metrics is they've never reflected the productivity on the field for TJ Watt, who all he does is every year go out and produce numbers. And I am someone who thinks no pressures more important than sacks. Sacks a little fluky year to year and forced fumbles also a little fluky year to year. And yet, basically since TJ Watt has entered the league, no one has been as productive a pass rusher as he has. And it's not like he's playing off all of these other great players. He has basically from the word go in Pittsburgh, been the best pass rusher on that team by a material margin. They're not scheming stuff up. This is not Brian Flores and all of these exotic designer pressure looks. This is TJ Watt beating the guy in front of him and creating a splash play, an explosive defensive play more often than anyone else in the league. Context, all that stuff matters. Miles Garrett is an incredible football player. I voted for him for Defensive Player of the Year. But I feel like every year I get down to the end and I look at the underlying metrics and I go, well, they're not as good as the productivity. Well, if at the end of a 15-year career, all he did is produce more than anyone else, I can't be convinced that the underlying metrics mattered as much as I would normally think they did. That's TJ Watt. And finally, maybe you thought you could run your team's offense or defense better than the guy who was doing the job. But have you ever thought about applying for a coaching vacancy in the NFL? Like, have you, have you ever actually thought about it? Well- hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 